Hello and welcome to Carefully Taught, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kikau. If you'd like to follow us, follow us at, at Carefully Taught uh, on Instagram. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Today, um, at Kikau's request, we are talking about TikTok. TikTok and musical theater pedagogy and where the Venn diagram with those two things overlap. Kikau, again, you asked for this. What what in the world were you thinking when you sent me that? Text? I know. I just thought we, you know, we were looking for ideas about future podcasts, and it just feels like if we're talking about both the musical theater industry and we're and and we are preparing our students for the musical theater industry, um, you know, it, it has slowly become where I'm getting my Broadway news, where I'm getting the Broadway gossip, um, where I'm following my favorite Broadway performers, where my students are um, either creating their own content or are, uh, uh, you know, observing and um, following other people that are creating content out there. It just feels like this is one of those topics that we can't ignore anymore. Um, it also is a space that um, kind of represents technology in the classroom or opportunities to use TikTok in the classroom. Um, and I just felt like, um, it, you know, you and I both have different relationships with this app in particular. And I just thought this would be a perfect conversation because I am um, somebody who uh, watches them. I, I am not a creator uh, myself, but I love kind of keeping in touch with those. Um, if the listeners do not know, they do know now that you are someone to follow. Um, you know, you did your 25 <laughs> days of new musicals. You have um, really put your opinions out there, um, uh, both good and bad. Um, and, you know, uh, have, a, have a, a following and a relationship with other creators. It just feels like um, this is something that has become um, pedagogical. This is something that has become... Um, essential to the classroom and essential to the the way in which um, we are taking in or looking at musical theater and the Broadway landscape. Sure. So I'm going to ignore the fact that you just said that I put out bad opinions and I am just going to ask you uh, to go back to the beginning and how you even got interested or on to tick like you, you said that you're a, a watcher and not a creator, but let's go back to the very beginning. Like, for our listeners that are not TikTok savvy, um, tell us about the app and tell us about why you started getting, like, fo following anybody. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, um, for those of you that, that are familiar with me and my trajectory, uh, at Kikowtown is my Instagram handle. And I was an avid Instagrammer, right? Uh, a picture a day for seven years, probably. Uh, that ended at some point. I just said, oh, this is a little too much. And, and I really I, I love the idea of images telling the story of your day or the story of your life, or really the collection of those images. Um, and I bring that up to say, of course, as with everything, this the idea of this evolves. Um, it has now become TikTok. I'm sure it's going to become something else at some other point. Um, uh, there is the, the app called Be Real, which is a whole separate thing, but is sort of, t uh, you know, evidence, evidentiary support about how, um, <laughs> um, how these technologies evolve. Uh, and I always believe, uh, you know, I'm currently in this more administrative position, uh, that it's important to go where the students go um, in order to even 
start a conversation. I, I need to understand the language that you're speaking or that we're speaking. Um, for me, I think that this was related to pandemic. A lot of us were sitting at home. Um, this app came out. Lots of content creators were coming up and, and people were just looking for that thing. Like, oh, let's just watch this thing. Um, I'm sure listeners who have found it find themselves scrolling for minutes, hours, days, weeks, uh, just to sort of look at what's happening. At some point, there's something called the For You page or, or Your For You page, which then is a, a culmination of all of those things that you're either, that you're interested in, right? It takes into account those uh, videos that you're liking or that you are following, and uh, you put together this collection, really, of, of followers that you... Um, that resonate with you. If you were to look at mine, it is uh, Disney, it is uh, Broadway folks, it is some of my my great friends um, and their content, and um, you know it 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 is the kind of videos that resonate with me, and um, I totally get the appeal. I get the appeal of why someone would want to follow. Um, I think for me, it's just a a little too much like work i'm just being honest like it feels like oh my gosh a whole nother thing but i i'm sure that maybe by the end of working on this episode i might feel a little differently about creating my own content it just feels like there's only so much of myself i'm interested in revealing or in <laughs> um you know in capturing and it's like uh, you know uh, I, I think that there's just a level of, of how much you want to put out there. Um, and so I feel like I, in the current moment, am feeling like my boundaries um, are stop at viewing and not creating. Yeah. So, um, again, for those of our listeners that are not already on TikTok, one of the things that makes it so interesting and this is not, TikTok is not paid. They're not a sponsor of this program. One of the things that makes it so interesting is just how sophisticated it seems as though the curation is and the algorithm is in terms of giving you content that uh, they it thinks you might like. Like it is, it seems, again, I'm no computer person, but it seems as though... Um, it really seems to pay attention not only to what you're liking and commenting on, but how long you're watching certain things. And and it gives you content. It offers you content. It thinks you might like. And then if you don't like it, you scroll to the next thing. And it takes all of that into consideration. Um, one of the things that I find interesting as a viewer of TikTok is the ebb and flow as to, you know, uh, what kind of content it's feeding me at different times based on my uh, what my habits or what I'm doing, um, you know, because mine is a mix of I got a lot of musical theater stuff because as, as a creator, that's what. Uh, I do. Um, but also, you know, I, I, there's a couple of people that I follow about my Yankee information. And um, there are, you know, I got the Disney stuff too. And um, there are times where Taylor Swift blows up on my TikTok and that's all I'm seeing for a couple of days uh, because we are a house of Swifties in my home. Um, my relationship with TikTok started, I was like, I was avid that I was not going to participate. Like my students were into it. It was like, I'm like, I'm going to save this for them. I'm not going to invade that space. I'm an old man. Uh, this is not a space for me. Um, and then it was, I guess it was about a, a year ago that the, um, the, 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 the oddly timed Tony awards happened, if you recall. And, um, 
we were talking about in class, we were talking about Jagged Little Pill, and some of my students were talking to me about the controversy surrounding the award for best featured actress in a musical. And I hadn't seen that on on my news, uh, places where I consumed news. And I was asking them, I'm like, well, where are you getting all of this information? And they're like, on TikTok. And I was like, well, okay, well, I guess I got to get on because I wanted to be, a, I wanted to see what people were saying. I wanted to participate in that conversation. Um, and and so I did. And when I did, I said to my students, I said, all right, well, I joined TikTok because I want to see what's going on with this Jagged Little Pill conversation. Um, and, but I'm never going to make a video. I will not do it. I'm just going to just check this out and then I'll quietly sneak out in the night. And I'll never forget one of my students, Kira, said, oh, right, Maddie, you will be making TikToks within the month. It wasn't within the month, but it was definitely uh, soon. And And it just started for me as like, an outlet to express some opinions. And then I found it fun. I found it enjoyable. Making TikToks is enjoyable. I've always enjoyed video editing, you know, like I do a lot of stuff for class or whatever on iMovie. That's been something that I've enjoyed for 10 plus years. Um, and it's like a really scaled down mini version of making a little movie. Um, and so I found myself, you know, just kind of throwing opinions out. And then I had one TikTok that kind of, I wouldn't say blew it up because it wasn't viral by like viral standards, but I just made this comment one day about what I thought about the, the trend with movies being adapted into musicals. I just made a, a comment. It was short. I just threw out in the universe. I didn't think anybody would even notice it. And it like, again, for my standards, exploded. And that was an interesting moment for me because I, I, I found two, two, two parts of that impacted me. One, I immediately realized what an impact I could make by sharing what I consider to be good opinions, uh, good opinions into the world that might shape conversations that people are having um, that uh, like on a wider scale, first of all. So for me, it was like a, a, an opportunity for advocacy, for, um, for anti-racism, all the things that you and I are talking about the show. That and then also um, I thought, OK, well, this is an opportunity that I can easily and inexpensively get my little BFA program's name out there. It's my personal TikTok. The focus is not Chico State Theater, but as this little boutique musical theater program in, in the middle of like, you know, uh, a rural part of Northern California, a lot of people don't know about. I thought, okay, well, this might be an opportunity for me to like just occasionally throw the Chico State Theater name out there so that it could continue to, to get the name out. And again, free, easy, and something that I enjoyed. So then I very quickly became more of a content creator than of a, of a consumer, which was a total accident. And Kira was absolutely right when she called me out in front of my entire musical theater history class and said, you will be making videos. Um, and... Uh, and I, I, I find it fun. And I find it fun. And I've, another thing that has been interesting is I have met people through TikTok. Um, I don't have a ton of followers. Like some, some people that I am now acquaintances of have like 75,000 followers, 100,000 followers. I've got 7,000 followers, almost um, 12 away. So maybe by the, end, by the publication of this episode, I'll hit 7,000. Um, but like when I went, did my trip to New York over the summer, I got together with people. 
like people that follow me and that met me or, or, and that I follow them. And at one point I was waiting by the stage door to see my friend Leslie Kritzer come out for after Beetlejuice. And as I was standing there, this guy walked up and says, hey, you're the guy from TikTok. You're the musical theater professor because that's my moniker on, on TikTok. I'm the musical theater professor. And uh, we had a nice little conversation. And so it's been a fun way to, to just to, to, to network and to meet people. Sometimes it is daunting because it feels like a responsibility. Um, so, you know, there is that. But what has become clear is at least in the moment, TikTok is an opportunity uh, for, for teachers, not just, not just by creating content, but using content or having students use content in the classroom. And, and that's really what I'm excited to talk about with uh, today. Um, do you use TikTok in any of your classes? Oh my gosh. Um, at this point, no. But uh, I do refer to certain things. Um, there are there are um, people like um, Chris McCarroll, who is known for um, being the lead in the Lightning Thief musical. Um, and I have loved every single one of his opinions. They're sort of right on the edge of maybe what is a traditional um, opinion. But I I have quite literally, um, you know, used opinions that he has brought forward or or in the middle of coachings. I've said, okay, but what about this? Let's let's approach this in the way that Chris McCarroll would approach it. Um, and even, um, you know, I, I start some of my musical theater performance classes with like, tell me things. Like, that's basically, I open that up, tell me things. And what I mean in this particular case is for my students to tell me like what's happening um, in uh, the industry. So it could be about um, their community theater productions. It could be about what's happening uh, on Broadway, what the next tour is coming through. Um, so I find that uh, that their information that they're curating and even the information that I have is coming from various uh, TikTok accounts. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about all of this with Jessica Humphrey, who mm -hmm. um, is at Texas Christian State University. Mm -hmm. TCU, That's right. yep. um, and uh, who absolutely uses TikTok in all of her classes and um, has a, a really positive response. Yeah, I, I started class last week. I, I As I was getting ready for school, I saw a TikTok, TikTok that I thought was really powerful in, in terms of the focus of a, of a young musical theater performer in New York you know, consider this one of these things. And I was like, really, it made a strong impact. So when I got to class, my 9 a.m. class last Tuesday or Thursday, I can't remember which day, I, I played it for the whole class. And we we had a, a 20, 20 minute conversation about what this person had to say. And it was it was great. It was absolutely effective teaching in a way that no one would I would have never predicted, you know, 10 years ago. And now Jessica Humphrey. So uh, welcome back. I'm excited to talk, be talking about TikTok and musical theater pedagogy today. And we have the person that I know is like using TikTok like none other. Um, 
uh, Jessica Humphrey. And I, I, one of the things, so we quick introduction, Jessica is, has her BFA in musical theater from Western Carolina University. She's got her MFA in musical theater from San Diego State University. She's been teaching at Texas Christian University uh, for a few years and was recently promoted, uh, not only promoted in her job, but promoted in her life to the, the, to the job of motherhood, um, which is very exciting. Um, and yet she still has time to be innovative with TikTok pedagogy in the musical theater classroom. Jessica, thank you for being on Carefully Taught Teaching Musical Theater with Manny Kika. I'm so excited to be here. I love this show. <laughs> well, thanks. You're the one. Um, so um, uh, talk to us, because I mean, I've, I we've had individual conversations in the past. You presented at the MTEA conference and talked a little bit about, it wasn't the focus, but you did definitely talk about how you used TikTok in teaching musical theater history. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you do with with TikTok and 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 how effective you find it in the classroom. Yes, yeah, so I use TikTok in a multitude of ways. I use TikTok in the traditional sense of I just show TikToks in class sometimes um, because I think that our students are so used to getting everything in bite sized format, and so sometimes when I'm trying to do a full lecture on aspects of musical theater, they don't need to hear 50 minutes on one topic that, that can be said in three, right? <laughs> Especially with my non-major students. Non-major students, we're not going into depth. We're really trying to give a big overview of musical theater history in that particular class. Um, and so I use a lot of Broadway Bob. Um, I use a lot of uh, Annalie Wright, does some really great TikToks on, uh, one, one that I use very early in the semester is, what is a swing? What is a standby? what is a dance captain? And she just barrels through these vocabulary um, words and she gives clear definitions in a way that, yes, I could do that in the classroom, but it's so much more exciting for me to put a TikTok on the screen <laughs> and have somebody else say it. <laughs> so I use it for traditional vocabulary. I use it for updates. Like I use Broadway Bob for um, things like when he went into how the new fan of the opera, RIP fan of the opera, but how the new version of Phantom of the Opera uh, was changing things up to show how Christine was a more empowered female character now. Uh, and so we, we watched that TikTok, which I feel really brought it home. There were a couple other things where I, I brought up, oh, this is actually Gypsy that we hear in, um, in spam a lot. How do we know this? So uh, again, there are TikTok creators that are doing it so well. So why don't I just use it in its traditional format in the classroom? And then there are some other ways that I use TikTok in the classroom other than just showing a TikTok. Um, we use TikTok as a way for my students to be creative and to make their own TikToks. A lot of them are so used to using that format already. Not everyone, I, I do get a lot of students that say, I don't know how to use TikTok. Is it okay if I just do a YouTube video? <laughs> and I'd say, yes, that's fine. <laughs> but there's a project that we do at the end of the semester where students have to perform. Again, these are non-major students. We're doing musical theater history for non-majors, non-performers, and they get very nervous. And a TikTok is a way that they can take out having to sing. And I say, you can lip sync and you can use TikTok and, and, you know, mouth along to the words, but you have to be performing. You have to be acting. You have to be moving. You have to pretend like you're on the stage, which is the whole point of the class, right? 
but I cannot tell you how many fun and creative TikToks that I've seen come from this assignment in my classroom. They get so into it. A lot of them get inspired by things that are already on TikTok. I can't tell you how many iterations of um, Mama Mia's Angel Eyes I've seen <laughs> or lay down your love on me because those two were TikTok trends and people took it and ran with it. So I always say, if you're going to use a trend from TikTok, you got to make it your own. You can't just do the exact same thing that is coming up on my for you page. <laughs> so I'm curious. So, um, so we, I'm sure we have listeners that are all over the, the, the gamut in terms of do they have TikTok? Do they make TikTok? Um, so let's talk to just uh, some people at the very uh, like intro level TikTok. Like as you're talking about showing TikToks in class, my mind is going, well, how do you keep all of that organized? Because, you know, um, TikTok comes and goes. I have I find time as, as, a, as a TikTok watcher where I'll accidentally like double click a button and then the thing that I was watching was gone and I don't know how to find it again. So like, how do you keep that all organized? So the first thing that I do is if I find a creator that's coming up multiple times on my For You page, meaning that it's probably curated to the things that I enjoy, I usually will follow that person so that I can go back and say, oh, I wonder if Broadway Bob has something to say about this. I wonder if Maddie's TikTok uh, has something new that I can go and, and share in my class. The other thing that I do is I immediately save the video, which you can do with most TikToks. You can save it to your phone and then I send it to myself and I have a ton of these drafts <laughs> that have a TikTok link or the video itself and it will say put in blah, blah, blah lecture. Um, and at the end of the semester or sometimes in the middle of the semester, I go to those drafts and I say, oh, do I have anything for Don Quixote, uh, impossible dream, because I probably saved a TikTok about it. <laughs> and then I just input that into my slide. So I'm constantly updating my material anyway uh, and updating my videos. And that's just an easy little throw it in there. Sometimes if there is an update, like the fan of the opera thing that happened um, right before my class, <laughs> I was able to grab a TikTok and throw it into my slides right before class started. So it's a very easy, easy way for me to do that. It's just save the video, throw it in there. Pico, I'm taking up a lot of space, but I have one, one more follow-up question. So here's, uh, do you have, do you do this all from your own personal TikTok or do you have a work slash musical theater specific account where you can like keep, you know, what you watch separate from what you're trying to curate for your class? I do it from my personal TikTok. <laughs> I don't have time to, to do another TikTok account. I also run our theater TCU TikTok account. So I already have that one going. Uh, and I find that sometimes the stuff that is curated for me is, is going to be the stuff that would be curated for that musical theater TikTok anyway. So it would kind of be repetitive for me to have a, a separate account. Um, I don't put a ton on my personal account. <laughs> I actually did a, a few more things while I was pregnant because I was trying all these date recipes. So we made a TikTok for that. And I jumped on the Alabama um, rush TikTok trend of what's in my bag. And I showed everyone what was in my hospital bag. So I, I don't do a ton on TikTok personally, but what is curated for me is a lot of musical theater. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. I am a um avid watcher. I am not a creator at this point. Um, and possibly even working on this episode might change that. But yeah. um, 
but uh i do find that right my for you page is very specific it's like <laughs> disney it's like musical theater it's like very very specific um i'm wondering if uh it, you know the focus of this episode is on tiktok but i'm wondering if you see any new trends coming around the corner right my students convinced me to do be real which is super stressful to me right now and like at one point i just like had to stop class and was like oh my gosh we have to do it it's now time like, to be real. it's time it's time so it's it's an interesting evolution i'm not sure where that technology is going to go but do you see um anything that we should be keeping our eyes on in the future um well first of all be real i haven't made the dive but i'm i'm right there i'm right on the cusp i'm standing on the diving board <laughs> so i'm right there with you i think that a trend that musical theater educators we need to be aware of is that we can no longer do long lectures our students disengage right away. And that I think is because of TikTok and, and Instagram reels and things like that. If you can't say it in three minutes or less, uh, how, how, are you, how are you gonna teach it? And so I think by having a TikTok at the beginning of your lecture, the be beginning moments actually engages the student to think about, okay, this is what we're diving into right away. Then I can spend 10 minutes going deeper into it but me spending 13, 15 minutes, they, they're gonna disengage after five. And so really breaking up how you are teaching is ideal. I cannot tell you how many students say, oh, I'm so glad that you break your lectures up with videos because one, it gives them a chance to see what I'm talking about in action. And two, it just breaks it up visually for them. That it's, they're not just staring at me and listening to me the entire time that they have videos to watch. And then, you know, I'm by the time the video is finished, I'm in a different space in the classroom. So it forces them to move their head. I mean, we just have to think, how can I break up the lecture so that it is not monotonous? It's not the same thing for 50 minutes. And, and we have to think like we're TikTokers. <laughs> I think that's so real. I mean, you're commenting on, um, of course, TikTok, but about this, the way that information is um, being soaked in in this particular generation. And there is that evolution, right? The moving of this. Um, I just want to comment on the level of comfort that somebody, perhaps a professor of a certain age, might not be able or might not be interested or might not be equipped. And like, what advice would you give them, right? We're saying, hey, let's look at TikTok. Let's make let's make um, our lectures shorter. But what advice would you give to someone who's like, TikTok question mark what do I do uh the TikTok is actually really fun <laughs> first of all um I think that it's it's scary because you see oh well all the kids are doing it it's really not scary and and the more that you're on it the more that it actually learns what you like and it can become a fun outlet I know I like to have my 10 minutes of TikTok time a day just to detach from the world <laughs> um so to not be to not be afraid of it um and to also just think about it as a different medium for sending out information. So students, again, just, just like I was saying, students are taking things in bite-sized bite format and they don't like to read. Students, especially coming out of the pandemic, do not like to read. And it's a really hard time to give them a chapter of a textbook and expect them to have it learned the next day. It's, it's not going to happen. And so embracing more video content is going to be the future and 
for me, I don't have time to create video content for all my lectures because I'm constantly updating and changing them, right? And so use these TikTok creators that are doing the work for you and that all you're having to do is curate. And so think of it as you're building your own textbook of video content. That's absolutely so brilliant. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, because you're right. That text, they're, they're not going to read the textbook. Uh, no. It's just, Yeah. So um, we know that you have other responsibilities and nap time is almost over. Um, <laughs> uh, but do you have any um, projects that you use TikTok for in like a, a majors course or a performance course that you could you could share with with the listeners before we bid you adieu? Of course. So in my acting one class, uh, we use TikTok to tell a story without using any dialogue, uh, which is always really fun. You know, it's it's a very common thing that we would do in an acting one class already, um, but using it in video format and having them create a TikTok was a great experience. They all had a good time doing that. Um, and then another place where I use it is in our professional seminar class, which is where we teach the seniors about uh, adult, adult life. How do you pay your taxes? How do you get a credit card in your name? How do you make sure that uh, you have the resume for a survival job? And there are so many TikTok creators that, again, are saying it way better than I could ever say it. And so taking those TikToks and putting them into that classroom that are not musical theater related at all has also been really, really helpful. I am not going to sit there and talk about investments because that's not my strength. And so bringing in TikTokers as these, think of it as a guest lecture, basically, somebody who's versed in that knows a ton about it. And you can set up all of these TikToks so that we can teach our students through that kind of format. You are so amazing, Jessica. Thank you so much. For for the listeners who don't know, Jessica and I were in the same uh, graduating MFA class at SDSU, if you can believe it, six years ago. I six know. years ago. We we are all grown up now. Um, but it's just been so amazing watching your your trajectory, your growth, all of the amazing things, the, the growth of your family. Um, and uh, we just wish you the best. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. And one more thing that I wanted to say about TikTok. I totally forgot about this. I also think that in terms of recruitment and retention for big programs, TikTok is the future. So please embrace it administrators as well, not just faculty members and students. Think about how you can be using TikTok to show off your program in order to market your program even better. Amazing. You're the, you're the best. Quite awesome. literally the best. <laughs> All right, go, go. Uh, yep, I'm going to go get the savings. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. It was great to see y'all. You I'll too. See you later. All bye. right, bye-bye. And now the creator of Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, Daniel Mertzloff. Oh my gosh, we are so happy to have Daniel Mertz left here. Um, I, I know I'm going to miss something, so I might have to go back and re-record this part, but I just want to say, like, things like uh, Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, um, the grocery store musical, the Thanksgiving musical. Um, I, you know, I know Daniel from iTheatrics and all of the amazing um, collaborations in that zone. And uh, you are, the reason why you are here is that you are the TikTok influencer and composer extraordinaire. And we we are so thrilled to have you on our podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. 
Um, Because, you know, I've been thinking about these types of things a lot and have been talking to a lot of teachers about it, but um, I'm really excited to also hear your perspectives on this um, as people who are actively, um, you know, working with students every single day versus I I get to once in a while. Yeah, yeah, don't forget just... about Breathe the musical too. Breathe. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was huge. Of course. Of yeah. course, of course. I just think, uh, you know, when I originally approached Maddie about uh, bringing this topic up on our podcast, it was it was that TikTok right now sort of sits in the middle of, for me, um, all of those things that are happening on Broadway. It, it is actually generating content that is then going on to become, um, you know, full-blown productions and the way that our students are currently interacting with it is both um, as fans as creators themselves um, as launching pads for their own work um, and it, it, it for some of them is especially thinking about accessibility is it might be the first time that they're seeing clips of certain things or jumping into things it brings the Broadway world into their their living room um how did you first find TikTok and um and I'm sure we could talk about how what happened next? <laughs> How did sure. you uh, start it and, and then what happened? I, it, it, I'll, I'll tell the very short version, but essentially I was at the Junior Theater Festival in uh, Sacramento, California, and all of the youths were doing the renegade dance and I didn't know what TikTok was and I felt so old. So I went to some of our dear friends, uh, Luca Padavan and Tina Padavan, who are youths, um, and was like, okay, I need you to teach me what this is because I'm so old. So my very first TikTok actually is us doing a Heather's dance at JTF Sacramento in February of 2020. So right, right, right before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, I sort of found it as um, an outlet for my writing because I wasn't, you know, I was still like writing, I guess, at home and things. Um, But it was nice to have that immediate audience. Like it felt like you were in a room with people again, the way people, you post something and immediately people were interacting Um, and like, it doesn't, it didn't matter. I had no followers. Like my third or fourth video got like 5,000 views. And I was like, who are these people? You know? And from there, I was really lucky to, as you said, participate in the grocery store musical, which grew, uh, really blew up because of duets. Right. And so uh, with a duet, someone was able to take my video, which was based off of, um, a song by a girl named Louisa Melcher. I like musicalized it and then add on all of these characters. And you had like your everyone had their own favorite versions of that thing. And then with Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, it was the same thing where I took the song by a girl named Emily Jacobson, completely musicalized it. Um, And from there, people were like dreaming together what this show would be. And it was that amazing collaboration of, um, that that everyone was feeling that I missed in the pandemic. It was the first time that I felt like I had that collaboration again. Cause you know, I think we all can agree that at its heart, musical theater is a collaborative art form. Um, And I think it made us sort of realize that there are ways, like obviously we know the way that currently things are put together work. Like it does, we know that it works sometimes, but the, you know, the idea of an, of writers wanting to write something and then writing a first draft and then hopefully getting a producer to see it so that we can attach a director and do a reading and then a workshop and an out-of-time tryout and then another out-of-time tryout in Broadway. Like we know that that model works in quotes, but there has to be other ways to do that. And that's what was so exciting about doing Ratatouille. And then I worked on a For You page, which was a TikTok commission musical that was in the same vein of trying to figure out new ways to create musical theater that do not rely on 
um, a known IP or having a bunch of money. <laughs> so, um, so, so the Thanksgiving thing, the Thanksgiving musical was like a really exciting moment because you were like, on, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was like Good Morning America and James Corden show the same day. Did I get that right? Uh, different days, but they uh, <laughs> it was they like the same on. period, though. It was, yeah, it yeah. Was, it was bonkers. It was crazy. And um, that must have been super exciting. One of the things that I've noticed now you've got 120,000 people that follow you on TikTok. Um, and but then also I have noticed and I'm curious if you could speak to this. You were like the TikTok musical theater person. And then the content hit, uh, it stopped for a while. What happened there? You know, it's funny. It, and the real answer is that I never wanted to be an influencer. Like that's not who I am. And I don't understand how people can, um, put so much time into it. I just hate it. And I have friends who are like active influencers are so good at it and love that. And I, that's just like not who I am. I don't think I'm interesting enough to post like, <laughs> get ready with me for my date to wicked. Like no one cares. Um, but really it was that the world sort of came back and I had to reckon with, um, doing things in person again and worrying about getting down to Midtown to like, you know, getting to Midtown every day is half an hour, 40 minutes, both ways. There's an hour and a half of time I could have spent doing on a stupid TikTok. Um, not that, not that stupid. I actually sink so much time into them and I love it, but you know what I mean? It was, it's, um, it was, it was hard to sort of figure out what I wanted to do. And honestly, I didn't want to jump on every trend. I don't, I don't necessarily have a desire to be that. It was more of like if I'm inspired by something on my for you page to post it, then I then I love doing that. And but I'm trying not like actively seeking to try to recreate um, that magic that I don't think we could anymore because everyone was literally on TikTok all the time because that was the only thing we could do. That in mm -hmm. Animal Crossing, I think. So my life. <laughs> So you, um, knowing the app as well as you do, understanding the app uh, as well as you do, understanding the world of musical theater as well as you do, and also having a, a passion and interest in education, I'm curious um, if you have some ideas for our listeners about where the those three things overlap, musical theater, education, and and TikTok. Or do you have any any thoughts on ways that we can integrate TikTok into the musical theater classroom? 100%. And I think the biggest um, detriment or the, the biggest uh, hurdle that someone might find is, or the biggest mistake someone might make is trying to like do it because it's the cool thing. And um, it's really, it's, it's more of taking the idea of what TikTok is in terms of the way collaboration is made and the way that you are able to collaborate with people worldwide. And I think taking that and bringing the, the ideas into the classroom is more important than trying to like hop on a trend or anything like that. Because again, by the time it, it the, uh, there was a, a Miami boys choir was really popular last week, which is a Jewish boys choir from like the 2000, 2010 or something that was going really popular. But by the time I could try to incorporate that into my classroom, it's going to be over essentially. You know what I mean? That trend is going to be over. So trying to like trend hop and stuff, I don't think is the way to do it. I really think it's taking the idea of building those collaborations and it's, you know, it's the heart of what Ratatouille was about, which is why I think it got so big was anyone can cook and anyone can create. Um, and, you know, uh, trying to um, find ways to keep those bite-sized songs, this, the short things, the collaboration in that way um, is I think the best way to, to do that or encourage people to post videos of themselves with duets and, 
Uh, those are the types of things that will get views, but it's also good for students to experience those, you know, of uh, being able to work with others and how we do all of that, even worldwide being able to do that. So I, I would say that's what you really need to lean into versus trying to trend hop or anything like that. Um, the ideas of duets and building on things is really fun. And I mean, I, I, I basically did that with fourth graders when I was student teaching, you know, and I think leaning into that, like we all know what the duet is, like, why don't we all together write one and then everyone can write their own version with that. It's taking the ideas of that versus let's open the app. Let's talk about current trends because um, there's so many amazing inspirations. And I think also doing what I did and admitting that I'm old um, and asking the youths, you know, like, I don't know, is there a song that you want to sing in chorus that was big on TikTok or um, anything like that? And I think admitting that you might not be the, uh, the smartest person in the room is also um, humbling and lovely to do. That is such great advice. I, I walk into every room now being like, I am old, help me. Um, so, you know, you, you made these collaborations. I love that you mentioned worldwide. And I'm wondering what is next for you? What are you working on now? What, what can we expect uh, from Daniel in the coming years or months? That's a, that's a great question. And um, I, I hate to be the person to say a lot of things that I can't talk about. Um, but there is a show that I've been working on with uh, one of my writing partners, Kate Leonard, called Fashion Show, um, which I'm very excited for. Um, it takes place in a high school. It's really fun. It's um, it's if you took like a Shakespearean farce, but put a queer story on it, it's really, really fun. And Kate wrote it. It's completely original, um, which is just so fun that we're uh, putting that together and hopefully getting a reading done soon of that. Um, I'm working on an album, which I'm very excited for. And uh, my song In My Head just dropped on all streaming platforms, which was really fun. Um, and again, you know, actually speaking of In My Head, Jacob Ryan Smith, who I wrote that with, I met online uh, over the pandemic. Just, I really liked his stuff. He liked my stuff. And we were like, we should write something together. And then we did. And now he's one of my best friends. So um, it's, you know, encouraging that. And I think um, accepting that for, for, for the incredible access that it gives. Um, but, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff that I can't necessarily talk about yet, which is exciting, but annoying to give the log line. So Daniel, I, we've never met in person. I, I mean, we collaborated on breathe together a little bit. Um, but you know, I, I watched the whole Ratatouille and Thanksgiving and grocery store stuff kind of unfold. And one of the things that I just want to throw out to you is that, um, it's really fun to see you succeed because first of all, you're incredibly talented, but you also strike me as uh, you have this authentic sparkle that makes me enjoy going on the ride with you. So I really can't wait to see fashion show and whatever these secret projects are that you can't tell us about on air um, uh, because because uh, you're awesome. And, and watching you work with my students during Breathe was also awesome. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That's that's so kind of you to say. That was such a crazy thing. And coaching over Zoom, I, I was like, I don't know how people do this uh, all the time. Um, like the I, I I taught over Zoom, but like intense coaching on new songs. I was like, woof. Um, but truly, thank you. I I do appreciate that, and I really owe. It's the community. That's like the whole reason that any of this happened is the community. Like, sure, I was the one who started the grocery store thing and Ratatouille was the one who started it. And I was very, very lucky to be able to then be the music supervisor for the live performance. But it was nothing without every other person who's just 
as important in that process. Even if you didn't write anything, if you were just engaging with the content, um, we that that's what was so amazing about it is it's we all are are united together in a way that um, that's just so exciting and hopefully going to help our art form get into the more modern century and uh, especially about accessibility and you know being able to um, experience theater in a way where you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on a ticket and get yourself to New York or London. It's just so cool to see these small ideas become big projects and like you the fact that you have multiple ones of these you you really are the model for it it's like oh it's possible for for this for this trend this moment to actually be become a full-blown thing so looking forward to all the things that you have on the way thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me oh wow wow how Amazing. <laughs> Daniel Mertzloft, like star of TikTok, <laughs> amazing composer. Um, it's one of those situations where we can say we knew him when, oh my right? Like, so incredible. Uh, and then Jessica, Jessica Humphrey. I, How, what a perfect I love interview. what Jessica, I, one of the things Jessica said that I wrote down was that the era of long lectures are dead. If you can't say it in three minutes, don't say it. Um, you know, and to, and to, she encouraged us to think like TikTokers, like not even when just just when we use TikTok in the classroom, but the idea of that is how our this generation that we're teaching, that's how their brains are wired. So, like, you know, use those three minute bite sized uh, strategies in the classroom. I thought that was brilliant. So brilliant. And and I thought from Daniel's point of view, like the connection to the industry, how, how one small idea can become a full-blown musical, how um, what I love about it, the accessibility that, that truly anybody, anybody can um, download the app. I guess you do need to have the app, right? You have to have a, a phone to do it, but um, download the app and create your own content and like spark something in the world and and make a change. Um, there's, there is the uh, Broadway producing model. There is the, you know, full-blown brand new musical uh, path. And then there is the like, hey, how do I get this idea out in this small um, contained way? And how can I get these ideas across um, in the most entertaining way? And here it is, three, two, one, it has to end yeah. now. I, I, there's just something that's so inspiring about about his approach. I think that, you know, when you first brought up the idea to do a, an episode on um, t about TikTok, uh, I was a little skeptical, but I, I think we need to do a follow-up. I think this is a two-parter. I think so too. I just feel like there's people who we haven't yeah. talked to, like truly. Yeah. And I think we can kind of, I feel like our listeners would love to kind of potentially use this in their classroom and or not and and kind of just use it as a tool to to click into what's happening yeah, in the absolutely world. so stay tuned i suppose for uh episode two uh or, or part two of uh the musical theater tiktok episode thank you for suggesting it kikau thank, i think this is good i i have very good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like starting a podcast with me i'm pretty sure that was your idea too yes so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Music for Carefully Taught was provided by Joshua Haig. For more information, visit joshuahaigmusic.com.